Welcome to Fantasy Fanline. Hello, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy football season. Welcome to Fantasy Fanline, the only fantasy football call-in show putting you on the air with industry experts each and every week. I'm your host, Greg Scalera. We're here, everybody. We did it. Week one is upon us. If you're familiar with the show, if you've tuned in before, then you know we feature different guests from around the fantasy football industry every week to take your calls live on the air and answer your questions. Give us a call anytime during the broadcast. 618-FANLINE is the number. And uh, you can get on, on our show, talk some fantasy football with us. We're live right now and every Saturday, the whole rest of the season, 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can see us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. Uh, and you can catch us the next day if you missed us on your favorite podcast platform in audio format. Subscribe everywhere, all platforms at Fantasy Fanline. Hit the bell if there's a bell on your platform. It'll let you know when we're on the air. You can also visit our website, fantasyfanline.com, see a full schedule of our upcoming guests and submit a question to our mailbag if you can't join us live. If you like the show, tell a friend, leave a review. Uh, we need all the support we can get. We're a brand new show. Today's guest, oh my goodness, I'm going to bring him on, Aaron Larson. Aaron, how are you, dude? Hey, doing well. Happy to be here, ready for uh, week one to kick off. Aaron is a man who needs no introduction. I'm going to give him one anyway. He's a staff writer for the Fantasy Footballers. He's a contributor to Fantasy Pros and Team Riser Fall. That is the dream, man. How long have you been? Uh, how long have you been part of all these brands? Uh, this is going to be my third season writing with the Fantasy Footballers, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and then I just started with uh, Team Riser Fall back in June, I think. So pretty new with them. They're a pretty new uh, platform. And then Fantasy Pros is actually where I pretty much started writing uh, news desk updates with those guys. And now I just kind of do the ECR and pieces here and there. That's awesome, man. I'm a, I'm a fan of yours. I'm a fan of all those brands. I'm a big fantasy footballers guy. I think probably most people out there playing the <laughs> yeah. game or in the industry can say the same. I'm a big fantasy pros guy. I think they have some of the best uh, tools in the industry for you know, preseason draft time and also in season, uh, you know, player and team management. You also host your own show, uh, the Process Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm a fan of that as well. Do you want to plug it? Let the people know where and when. Yeah. Yep. That's my um, so I record that Wednesday nights. It's typically it's I call it the process because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm just crunching everything or whatever. And I kind of just dump it all out into a microphone Wednesday night and it goes live Thursday morning. Try to keep it about 20 to 30 minutes and go through my landscape of the week. Yeah, I know you like to go through your uh, your kind of weekly process and sort of identify differences and chalk takes from around the industry, maybe highlight some places where people are sleeping on guys that you like and, and vice versa. Uh, it's a great show. Can't recommend it enough. You just dropped your week one episode a couple days ago. Um, maybe we'll get into some of those those guys that you like or, or maybe are fading a little later this week. It's so hard in week one, man, especially looking <laughs> yes. at, you know, matchups yes, against is. defenses. Um those metrics don't really tend to carry over with all the the, mm -hmm. the offseason changes and personnel and things. What does your process kind of look like like for week one? Kind of like what you said, it's tough. Like it's tough to get in the routine. And we've just spent the last six months or more just looking over every minute detail and how has this change happened? And, and it's so much just projection. I mean, there's so much we don't know, but we want to know. So 
you do your best, you get your guys you like, and you like the, um, you know, take the matchups with a grain of salt at this point, I think. Yeah, it's week one. You're probably starting your studs. You know, most of oh, the guys yeah. that you drafted in the first five, six, maybe seven rounds, uh, the start-sit questions really come up in the flex spot and your wide receiver threes and all of the fun injury-breaking news over the past couple of weeks have thrown oh, a wrench in brutal. things. So, um, you know, we'll get into all that. Anybody who wants to call in can call in, and uh, I will get the number up on the screen here. If you have start-sit questions for week one or, you know, waiver advice, free agency questions, give us a call. Aaron will guide you to the promised land. Um, <laughs> that is not a promise. That is not a guarantee. Just uh, not <laughs> hashtag not legal advice. Um, and, uh, dude, you want to talk a little bit about the, the articles that you write for the fantasy footballers? I know you do the Target Report, which is huge. Uh, if anyone hasn't read it, it's a super useful uh, look at one of the best metrics out there, targets. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that is my in-season article um, every week. And basically, like you said, it's it's not just a list of, hey, here's the guys that got the most targets. It is looking at trends and guys that are getting on the field and getting the ball thrown to them, which is such a such a good fantasy metric because it shows opportunity. And that's what we're really looking for. Um, and then on the other side of it too, highlight guys that aren't getting targets because there's some big names and you look at the box score, they have one, two, three targets in a game. Those are guys you might want to start uh, thinking to avoid. Yeah, definitely, man. It's a tremendous article. Great resource. Uh, I'm actually going to move. We have our first caller of the show coming in. Nice. Uh, so we're going to take this, see who we got on the line. They're listening to our sweet waiting music as we speak. <laughs> hey, caller, you are on Fantasy Fan Line. Who's on the line? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Chris calling from Brooklyn. What's going on, Chris? Welcome to the show. Hey, um, hey. what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Excited for week one. Definitely. Oh, so are we, man. So are we. What, what do you got for Aaron today? You got any questions ahead of uh, the first Sunday of the season? Yeah, what's up, Aaron? I got a hey. start-sit question. Bring it on. So All right. I drafted Sony Michelle towards the end of a pretty deep league that I play in, and I felt kind of smart for drafting him, like, ha-ha, right after the trade. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be like an RB1 with the Rams. How do you feel about him this week? Because I'm kind of torn between playing him and kind of rolling the dice, not knowing what his role is going to be. Or also maybe playing a more, you know, steady kind of guy. Like I have Mike Williams. Rams are at the Bears this week, by the way. If it's between Mike Williams and Sony Michelle, that's that's kind of, I would look at the matchup you've got, uh, your opponent. If you are feeling pretty good about how your matchup looks, I would put Sony Michelle out there because he's going to get some usage. They traded for him and he's been there long enough. He's going to get the ball a little bit. Mike Williams, he's boomer bust. So if you feel like you got to kind of shoot for ceiling a little bit, uh, maybe you're a bit of an underdog in the matchup because he's a guy that could go out there for uh, two touchdowns. He could have a hundred yard game, but he could also get one catch for 20 yards, you know? So I think that's really a look at your matchup. If you're looking for safety, I think Michelle is safer, but if you want to shoot for that ceiling, definitely go Mike Williams. Uh, I, I love that answer. Gotcha. I always think it's really important to identify uh, kind of the advantages of, you know, risk reward players, ceiling versus floor players, especially in a, in a late night game. I know Rams are playing Sunday night. So, um, you know, we got the Thursday game out of the way. Take a look and see where you are in your, your point projections against your opponent. Uh, if you need a floor, um, go ahead and take Michelle. Shoot for this guy with Mike Williams. I think that's why you drafted Mike Williams anyway, <laughs> to kind of put a, a stick of dynamite in your lineup. <laughs> yeah. Um, does that help, Chris? Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much. Our pleasure, man. Absolutely. Have an awesome day. Thanks for calling the show. Hope we get you on again uh, next week. Yeah, catch you guys later. See you, Chris.
All right, there you go. We have a uh, a question coming in. It looks like from Twitter from Jeff Greenwald. Oh, best, <laughs> best fullback he wants to know. Oh man, is it the juice or is it Ricard? Uh, I think with all the Baltimore injuries, it's got to be Pat Ricard. I mean, the dude might get uh he might be their second leading rusher this year. There you go, Jeff, answering the important <laughs> questions. That's why people tune into this show for fullback analysis. I don't know why he's asking the questions, man. He's the expert. I think it's in his bio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, specifically on fullbacks? <laughs> well, I, I think this was just a really sneaky plug for you to go check out Jeff Greenwald's uh, fullback analysis. But we have we have weighed in on the topic. We are part of the conversation. And uh, we are about to take another call from a caller. Let's see who All we right. got. Caller, you are on Fantasy Fan Line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What's up, guys? It's Sanch calling from New Jersey. Um, I'm back. Love the show. Um, Welcome back, Before Sanch. I start, I'm just, I'm just saying uh, there's some extra work out there. If you guys need some extra money, I heard uh, the Ravens practice squad grounds crew. They're, they're hiring right now since they laid everyone else off. Yeah, so I, th- I think I saw that job post quick- on uh, Indeed. <laughs> If anyone needs a job there, you know, I'm sure you'll do a way better job than the past employees they had. So, yeah, fill those potholes. If, uh, that brings me to my question. Well, obviously these these two injuries, or the, more than two, but the two crucial ones that happened recently, it's horrible for the Ravens as a team. But uh, is it just me, or do you think that propels Lamar Jackson's ceiling even higher for fantasy this year? with all those crucial injuries on both sides of the ball, to be honest. Yeah, I totally agree with that take. When um, when Dobbins first went down and everybody was saying how much Gus Edwards was going to increase and who's behind him, and that started me kind of leading to like, well, probably just going to have to use Lamar Jackson that much more. And then Gus Edwards went down. And then the, um, the injuries on the defense as well, the cornerback that went down. So, yeah, I think that is spot on. Uh, they could be playing from behind more, so they could be – chasing points, actually throwing, you know, that's one of those things we talk about. We don't really know what the Baltimore Ravens offense is going to look like. What if Lamar Jackson is throwing the ball more and we know he's still going to be running it. So yeah, I would not be surprised at all if he comes back to that quarterback one overall for fantasy this season. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think a lot of people are, are wondering the same thing right now. Um, you know, the, the question is always when, when, a, when a key piece of the offense goes down, it's, it makes the offense worse, but does it increase the opportunity, the volume for other players enough to make up for it? Um, Lamar Jackson was kind of always the running back one over there anyway. Um, I, I think it's only, it's only going to boost his, I think, the, the valuable touches that he gets, even if, even if it means less uh, proficiency in and around the red zone. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson's looking more and more like the offense mm-hmm. over there by the day, him and Mark Andrews. So, um, Sanch, what do you think, man? Yeah, exactly what I thought. Um, you know, you got to get Sam, you got to get the Lizard King, Sammy Watkins in those week one yeah. lineups and then sell them high. Right. Well, after. And, you know, I think, and then uh, hopefully when Boykin comes. I think if you, if you have a, oh, if sorry, you have a IR spot on your, on your roster, I, Rashad Bateman, I know he's been kind of left for dead, but. When he comes back, he might be the number one target there, and they're going to need targets. Bateman, yeah. I think Bateman is going to be he's, – he's a stud, and I think if Jackson can get him the ball, it's going to be great for his fantasy production. And if they could throw the ball more, those run lanes are open even more. So I'm all for it. I love Lamar Jackson. He's top three for me. I think he has a slim chance to finish one. Yeah. I think it could happen. Yeah, I think it's more than slim. I think he's got a 
<laughs> he's one of the few that has a good chance to do it. I was I was going to say that too. Um, I mean, even you know most of the guys in that kind of top eight, top ten range uh, of quarterbacks, not all of them have that upside to finish number one overall. But I think really anybody with the kind of rushing potential of a Lamar Jackson, um, of a Josh Allen, you know, those guys at any given time could explode and be the guy for the season. Mahomes is kind of that rare outlier of the guy who can just do it on on arm alone. Um, yeah, love 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 me some Lamar Jackson. Love Sammy Watkins exploding every year in Week One. It's my favorite football tradition. I think <laughs> him or Deshaun Jackson, one of those two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Deshaun Jackson likes to do it and then get hurt and he just yeah. kind of qu- quits while he's ahead. Uh, he does the old. Uh, just make sure to sell high, <laughs> sell high right after the big game. If you can find a buyer, and um, whoever that buyer is probably doesn't listen to this show. So, Sanch, thanks for the question, uh, man. You got anything else for us? Him. I just want to say best of luck to both of you, you too, man. this year. Uh, hopefully our team stay healthy. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm so happy football is back. I know you guys feel the same way. I'm, I'm so excited for tomorrow. I can't wait. Definitely. Us too, man. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the question. Have a good one. You too. Take it easy, guys. Yeah. yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from the Thursday night game, and we can break this down in a second, but my number one takeaway, man, is I love football. <laughs> that was such a good game. It yes. was all all the fun we possibly could have hoped for in a shootout. Um, yeah, that's the way to kick off the season. Yeah, I had a really interesting experience watching it. I didn't I didn't watch as much of the preseason as I usually do. Um, you know, I caught up on everything, all the analysis afterwards. But with my actual eyeballs, I didn't see much of it. I was either working or, or on vacation out of the country, and um, the the week one game, the the Thursday night game, I was actually working a gig that I couldn't be watching the game. I was following along, kind of watching the stats come in, and I was like, oh, this is so great, we're back. <laughs> and then I'm driving home in like the third quarter, and I'm listening on the radio, and I was like, oh, this is even better. We are back, this is the best. <laughs> and I got home for the fourth quarter, and walked into my living room, and put the game on the big screen, and I was like, this is the best. We are <laughs> waiting all night long, back. I love that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the way to do it, man. Uh, I see we have another caller coming in. We're gonna take this before we move into the Thursday night game. Awesome. What's going on, caller? You are on Fantasy Fan Line. Welcome to the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, John from Chicago. What's going on, John from Chicago? Hey, uh, quick question. I'm in a full PPR 10-team uh, 10 league. I'm uh, debating on my flex. It's between uh, Mostert, Gas- Gaskin, and uh, Johnson, the new guy from uh, the Ravens. Yeah, Aaron, I, I know you have some uh, specific thoughts about Mostert. Um, and Gaskin as far as fading them this week. But I will uh, hand this question over to you. What do you think? Yeah, so those are both guys that I don't don't love from a season line. But I will admit this week is a good week to play Mostert. Against the Lions should be a good no- narrative. And he is healthy right now as far as we know. So of that, I would I would play Mostert. He can give you a, a big play at any time. Miles Gaskin, I just I don't think is the guy. I think that's going to be the three-headed committee in Miami as much as we get these beat reports saying this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, um, Tyson in Baltimore, he's going to get the workload this week, but I think Mostert gives you a higher ceiling. So I, that's another – we talk about what are you shooting for, floor or ceiling? If you're looking for floor – I would play Tyson, and if you're looking for that ceiling, I would go with Mostert. Yeah, you know, you got awesome. to kind of follow the beat reporters. The The early reports out of Baltimore that I've heard is that it's it's every opportunity for Tyson to win and keep this job. I don't. Yeah, I've seen that coming out the last couple of days, too, and it's 
what are the coaches going to say? Oh no, we're going to throw him to the bench of right course. away. Like, yeah, that, that I think yeah. is a better example of narrative. I, I know that when you say narrative, sometimes you're talking about game flow and things and kind of projecting the way the game's going to yep. go. I think there's a lot more merit to those sorts of projections, expecting the 49ers to come in and dominate that game against the Lions. They're going to run a lot. Um, I think that that is a, that is a sticky kind of stat when you're, when you're coming to projections. I like most from that bunch as well this week. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the question, and I uh, hope you join us again sometime in the future. Thank you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Take it easy. There you go, an actual caller from Chicago who was kind of forced to be a Bears fan, unlike myself, who chose the way of suffering over the years. Um, <laughs> but again, I'm in New Jersey, so my other <laughs> options were the Giants and the Jets anyway. Yeah, it's, not great it's, either. <laughs> it's not like I turned down, you know, yeah, being a, a Patriots fan at the height of their success or anything. That would have been uh, certifiably <laughs> questionable. But uh, let's get into uh, Thursday night a little bit, man. I, I know we try not to overreact coming out of week one, and uh, I'm going to be very even-keeled and cool-headed when I say that Amari Cooper looks like the best wide receiver to ever play football uh, <laughs> in the history of the game. Jerry Rice who, Randy Moss what? It is Amari Cooper season. Um, what were your big kind of takeaways from, from the night? Yeah, I mean, that was it, that Amari Cooper is still the wide receiver one in Dallas. Um and that Dallas, I think, is going to be throwing the ball a lot this season. Uh, both teams are. I mean, they were barely running the ball on either side. Um, from the Tampa side, I know he kind of didn't have the biggest night, but I think Chris Godwin, he led the team in targets. I think he is going to be the re receiver that you want to play every week there. And I think Antonio Brown had the big game. Mike Evans, not so much. I think those two guys are going to probably kind of ping pong back and forth. You'll get big games, but they might disappear kind of like Evans did. So I think Godwin is definitely the guy to trust there. You're expecting Godwin to kind of be consistently usable yeah. on, on a week-to-week -week basis, kind of in that high wide receiver two range, maybe low one, depending on the matchup. Yep. Um, Mike Evans, you know, 1,000 yards every year he's been in the league. You think this is the year we, we kind of break that streak? I think he keeps going, but I think it's going to be close, and I think the 17th game is going to help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like we need to, to prorate that uh, number a little <laughs> right. bit coming into this season. It's going to mess up so many stats now moving forward. <laughs> it is, but mess it up in a way that makes them more fun because the numbers are going <laughs> to be higher. And um, yeah, I, I think I agree with that, man. It felt like a really typical Mike Evans game where he just caught a few passes for not a ton of yards, um, but he just didn't get that touchdown or two or three that he would get <laughs> per game last season that really made him the guy over there. I'm excited to uh, see Ronald Jones just go off next week when everybody benches him, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was going to get to that. Is Fournette the guy over there? Doesn't seem like it. Jones had a big fumble. I, I yeah. didn't, didn't see him pop up on the stat sheet the rest of the game. What's, what's the deal? I think those are guys that are going to be desperation plays all year. You're not going to want to play them, but if you need a running back, you kind of <laughs> flip a coin and see which one you want to put in because we're never going to get it right. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I think the best bet for for that question, which running back you start, is just to kind of start them in the weeks where you expect a lot of running volume from the team as a whole. Yep, or, you know, the matchups where they should get out to a big lead to start off and run the game out. Exactly, and hopefully your guy is the guy to, to break that big play or fall into the end zone. But um, yep. Fournette, you know, had a lot of catches in that game. Uh, I'm going to bring up kind of a relevant question from our mailbag. Is Gio Bernard not going to be a PPR thing? And do we drop him for a Baltimore running back from Jared in Pennsylvania? Uh, I only saw Gio at the tail end of the game when they were kind of running their two-minute drill. Uh, he caught a couple of nice passes from Brady. Well, made a couple of nice catches. I wouldn't say the passes were nice. Yeah, that one that he had the 
go down and get that. that was a nice catch. That was a nice catch. Yeah, in that situation, I I would go with one of the Baltimore running backs. I think they're going to be more stable in your lineup. I really do think that a couple of weeks from now we're going to look at Latavius Murray as a guy you can start every week. I think he. I know that we just talked about the reports coming out about um, his job to lose or whatever, but I think Latavius is just a better running back that will take it over eventually. Geo, yeah, I think he'll have PPR usage from time to time. It's going to be another one that's hard to predict. Yeah, I, I came in kind of feeling that way too about Gio Bernard is that maybe he'll have some utility in, in higher volume passing situations and shootouts, but that was as much of a shootout, I think, as you're going to see all season. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really get much, man. He had a couple catches, some yards, he moved the chains, but probably a better addition for the team and for Brady than for, for anything else. Um, yeah. I think that people were kind of hoping he would be the James White of the Patriots era, Tom Brady, but... You know, that's that's a narrative projection. It's it's how much of that was the Patriot system, how much of that was Belichick, how much of it was Brady. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's got to have that short passing game. But he's he's really airing it out over in Tampa. Well, and he didn't have the three receivers and a tight end like this yeah. when he had James when, when James White was getting a hundred targets. That that too, man. He was throwing it to nobody in New England. Um, so great question. Uh, hope that clears things up. I am. Gio was one of those kind of late round flyer guys that I was going to throw a dart at and kind of see what the week one usage looked like. And I think we saw it. I think we know where, where yep. he is. Yeah. He, he's the guy I was grabbing a lot at the end of uh, when I was doing best ball drafts this, mm-hmm. this summer. And I think, you know, he'll have a game here or there, but again, trusting him is in a week to week basis is going to be tough. Yeah. Once he shaved that mustache, man, he lost all the sense. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Uh, I'm going to bring in another Tampa related mailbag question from Corey in Ohio. <laughs> Did we collectively, the fantasy community take Mike Evans <laughs> Uh, too high in drafts. He was the top uh, Bucks wide receiver drafted. I believe he was at the top of the fourth round wide receiver 14. People were probably trying to get him as kind of a late possible wide receiver one. Uh, did we miss the boat on that one? What do you think? I think so. I think that's that's too high for him. And I just going based off the teams that I drafted, I noticing that I don't have him on any. He obviously was a little bit more rich than I was willing to. And we, we touched on it earlier. I think Godwin is going to be the guy that leads the team in targets that you can trust. Mike Evans, he might finish in the you know top 20 wideouts by the end of the season because he's going to have big games, but he's going to burn you sometimes too. Yeah, I, I think it's a roster construction question, yeah. really. If you were getting him as a, as a two and you weren't relying on him for consistent weekly high-end production, sure, you're not going to find a lot of guys with higher week-to-week upside than Mike Evans in that offense with that kind of goal line usage. Uh, but as far as top of the fourth wide receiver 14 probably was a little too rich. Um, I didn't get him in many places, got him in a few leagues where he was falling. I think a lot of people had similar concerns that I did. Um, but yeah, the answer to that question ultimately, probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little more about Thursday night. want to break down some things from the Cowboys side of the ball. Uh, it looked like Michael Gallup was injured. I think it was announced recently. He's going to miss a few weeks with a calf strain. I think you're right. I think it's all three to five. Yeah, that, that really only, uh, makes things even more exciting for CD lamb and Amari Cooper. Um, do you look at, at anything from the tight ends on that team, especially with Gallup out now, there were so many mouths to feed in that passing game. Um, but it's, it seemed like they split the usage pretty evenly. Anyway, I was going to just say, it seemed like they pretty much, with the usage um, had very similar numbers. Yeah. Um, Dalton Schultz was good last year and he was, Blake Jarwin yeah. looked good before he got hurt for that little bit in the preseason in the previous year. So I think it's going to be a 
tight end by committee. And when there's two tight ends being used, it's rarely fantasy friendly for that situation. Yeah. Once again, better news for the team and better news for Dak yep. than I think for anything specifically with, with tight ends for people who are looking to take a shot on Blake Jarwin. I don't think you're going to see much success this year, barring a, an injury to Dalton. Schultz. No, I would go somewhere. There's so tight ends are such a crapshoot anyways, but I, I don't think Jarwin's the guy you're going to trust. Yep. Fair enough. Um, how are we feeling about Zeke? Where are we on the panic meter? Uh, I'm not too panicked yet. I mean, it wasn't great, but we we know Tampa's run defense is one of the best in the league. It was already a shootout. He was out there. I think I saw he ran 44 routes. I mean, that's amazing. That's and they, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like he was, I think and I, the snap percentage, I think was in the 70%, somewhere 73, 74%. That's rare to find. So he's going to have better games. Um, I would not panic on him yet. Yeah, we we knew coming in, I think, what to kind of expect out of this game. Um, Tampa's a great run defense. It was going to be a shootout. Um, pulling up Zeke's exact stats right now. 11 carries, 33 yards. I think he just write it off and, and hope for better yeah. against better matchups. Um, are you trying to buy him low right now if you have an opportunity to do so? Yeah, I would. If, there's, um, if the guy that's rostering Zeke is panicking right now, send offers because... His value is only going to be going up at this point. Yeah, brighter days ahead. Plenty of upside, I think. Um, season long, it's going to be a great offense. Defense looked better than I was expecting, so maybe not as many shootouts on the year as, as last season. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, love Amari Cooper moving forward. Uh, he was a guy who I was really beating the drum for through through draft season at his value. Uh, he was kind of yeah, falling. Yeah, I'm with you on that. He was falling into the fourth and. If you started with two stud running backs and maybe a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller and you grabbed Cooper as your one in the fourth, I mean, mm -hmm. you're, you're looking good, man. Yeah, that was more that, you know, everybody was scared off of the, he started the started camp off on the pup list or whatever and panic yeah. set in. Speaking of, uh, of tight ends from this game, Gronk came out swinging monster night, a couple of touchdowns, something like eight catches, I think, plenty of yards. Are you uh, putting any trust in Gronk moving forward? I think you, I, I would trust him. I think he's a startable tight end. Um, you can't expect that performance every night or every <laughs> week, but I think he's, we kind of showed it. He's going to get targets. He's going to be in the, in the mix part of the system. So yeah, I think he is in that uh, safe startable tight end mix right now. Yeah, I, I think he got, you know, it's faded a little bit from last season. We saw him start slow last season, kind of get acclimated back to kind of football playing speed. He was out of the game for, what, one year, two years? But yeah, he and Brady have been playing together a long time, and I think that there are a lot of instinctive things and a lot of intuition yeah, factors I think that the, come into play. The first play. touchdown, it seemed like they kind of just they, they had that mind meld going on there. Yep, they've read each other's minds. That's exactly what, what seemed to happen. So um, I think he's going to have weeks where he goes off. I've, I've loved him for best ball coming into yep. this year. But, you know, if you waited a little and he fell in your drafts and you took a late shot at him, um, I think you're you're in for probably a better year than a lot of people were expecting who were a little more afraid just because of so many mouths to feed over there. So, um, you know, he's a tight end and some weeks he's going to catch touchdowns. So that's kind of <laughs> yep. what it looks like after, you know, the Darren Waller, George Kittle kind of tier two of, of tight yep. ends. So let's go through a little bit of news from the past week. We talked about really the biggest one was the Ravens running back situation. Uh, Gus Edwards, ACL test tear confirmed by test. He is out for the year. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we talked a little bit earlier about what we kind of make of that backfield situation. It's a bit of a mess. Uh, Lev Bell's a big name. He's in Baltimore on the practice squad. Devonta Freeman's there. 
are you just totally putting those guys aside? They're just names. They're just depth. Yeah, only in like the deepest leagues right now am I considering those guys. I kind of alluded to it before. I think Latavius Murray, he's not going to fully take over this job because Baltimore is a team that runs multiple backs. But I think by midseason, he's going to be the one you want. Um, yeah, it is wild. Even for a guy who doesn't who doesn't take kind of a full, you know, 80, 90 percent of the touches. Yeah. Baltimore has led the league in rush attempts for something like three years now. So he's going to get so much. Yeah, that's why people were drafting Gus Williams or uh, Gus Edwards, even when uh, Dobbins was there, because we knew more than one running back is going to be relevant on this team. Yeah, for sure. If uh, you know, PSA, if anybody out there is playing in a league where somebody dropped Latavius when he was cut by the Saints, go get him, uh, spend up, you know, don't go too crazy because we haven't seen it yet. But so, yeah, this is it's dynasty. So it's a little bit different. But in my uh, I have a dynasty league where I I, I spent a, a third of my fab on him <laughs> this week because he was sitting out there and there's no Nobody in Dynasty needs to pick up right now. Yeah, so. waivers are always thin in Dynasty. I don't hate that move in that situation. I think he's got a big year coming. And, you know, even next year, once everybody's healthy, maybe Latavius is there for a cup of coffee this year, puts in a good audition with other teams, and maybe he gets a starting role somewhere next year. He's a good player. He's, he's always been he's always been a better back than I think he's even credit for. Because he's been behind Alvin Kamara. So. He was behind Kamara. Uh, even on the Raiders, he had mm. some good flashes. That's very true. Um, let's move on to some other pieces of injury. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Giants here. I know people love to talk about the Giants and fantasy football. Kenny Galladay, hamstring, seems to be a full go, not listed on the injury report for week one. Uh, what do you think of Galladay? He's got a tough matchup against the Broncos in week one. Yeah, in week one, I'm, you know, I am a little nervous about him, but from a season long, I think it's worth, I have him in a lot of places because he was just dropping, dropping, dropping. And yeah. I don't like hamstring injuries, but again, his happened so early and then they were smart about it. They didn't rush him back. He's had time. Um, so yeah, I think he, if you draft, if you drafted him, you don't have to start him this week because you got him so late. He's probably your third or fourth receiver and you probably have flex options. Yep. So monitor him for week one. I think he's going to be out there. And I think season long he's worth the risk yeah i don't blame you if you want to wait and see especially week one with denver um but he is supposedly healthy evan ingram is banged up so that's one less yeah he's know, out yeah one less target yeah. off the table uh as far as receiving options and they paid him a lot of money to come in and catch a lot of passes mm -hmm. and I, I think he's gonna do it so um speaking of the giants saquon barkley acl probable for sunday where are we on the uh saquon barkleyometer <laughs> I'm I'm comfortable, man. You, you, if you drafted him, you got you spent one of your top picks on him. The Giants, if they put him out there, which all signs point to him being out there, they might have him on a pitch count or a carry count. But these NFL coaches, like they, especially they're coaching for their jobs. If it's a close game, which it's Vegas thinks it's going to be close. I think it's like a two or three point spread. Yeah, it's not going to be the fourth quarter, and they say, oh well, Saquon's got his 15 touches. Let's get him off the field like they're going to keep giving him the ball and try to win the game agreed yeah we, we talked a little bit before about even in kind of the first round second round of tier of players there's only so many guys with number one overall upside at the position Saquon's one of them so if you got yep. him at a value late first early second um you know I think news has been good coming into yeah week one and for week one temper expectations a little bit sure and it is a tough matchup but he's probably better than your bench options yeah, I, I like the Broncos defense a lot this year. Um, you know, I, Vic, Vic Fangio did favorite defense this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, as they should be. Vic did wonders in Chicago with our defense a few years ago. So I, I remember 
I remember it well, man. Broncos are going to be tough this year, and I think that they haven't been getting as much credit as they probably should uh, as, a, as a defense, a special teams option. Um, let's talk Carson Wentz, who has been dealing with foot and COVID issues. We'll start week one against Seattle. I know how you feel about Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and Michael Pittman. Why don't you share with our listeners? Yeah, I am. I'm really high on Carson Wentz, much higher than uh, than the industry right now overall. People forget how good he was. I mean, maybe not from a real football perspective, <laughs> but last year I mean, the, the Eagles were bad, <laughs> and he he put up bad performances for his team. But for your fantasy team, he finished. I believe four times inside the top 10 on a weekly basis last year. I mean, he's running the ball or he's able to run the ball. We've seen video clips. I think his foot is okay. That was another one of those weird, maybe it was a little overblown, a little bit panic. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the situation he's in, I think he's, people are forgetting that he can be a very good fantasy quarterback. I'm, Really, I, there's a week I drafted him with my last pick, and he's my starting quarterback this week. Yeah, I think there's really just a perfect storm of bad vibes coming out of the the Colts offseason with the injuries and the COVID and the kind of recent success or lack of success that Carson Wentz has had. Um, I think that a lot of people saw his name coming in and were shaking their head to begin with. Um, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I, I agree with your take there. I like the talent of Michael Pittman to an extent. I like the opportunity a lot more. Um, we'll We'll see what happens, man. We'll take one more of these. Just a reminder, everybody listening, uh, our phone line is open. 618-FAN-LINE. Give us a call. Join us on the air. Ask questions. Chat with our uh, supremely uh, knowledgeable expert guest who we're so lucky to have. Aaron Larson is on with us. We're going to take another piece of news. Emmanuel Sanders, foot questionable for week one. There have been a lot of conflicting narratives about that wide receiver two spot in Buffalo. Um, if he can't go, are you firing up Gabe Davis against the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, like so many things, it depends on your options, but I'm totally fine with putting him out there. Uh, Buffalo is going to be the team that very well could lead the league in passing attempts this year. And uh, they run a lot of three and four wide receiver sets. So if he's out there and they're chucking the ball around, I mean, he's showed some huge big play upside last year as a rookie. Um, he should only be getting better. So Sanders, if he's out, Gabe Davis is going to be on the field all the time. Yeah, I was high on on Gabe Davis coming in anyway prior to the Emmanuel Sanders uh, injury. I know Sanders has gotten a lot of hype as the number two option over there. He's a vet. I think he's going to start hot, maybe cool off, and and we're going to see that torch pass to Gabe Davis, I think, sooner than later in the season. Uh, But this might be an indication of much sooner than than even I thought coming in. So uh, I, I do like Gabe Davis. Steelers are a tough defense. But if he gets the targets, he gets the targets, and that offense is going to move. So um, let's move over to some mailbag. Once again, our line is open, 618-FAN-LINE, if anyone wants to join the show. In the meantime, if you can't join us live, we do have a mailbag contact form over at fantasyfanline.com. Get your questions read live on the air. If we get to them, I'm going to start us off with a friend of the show, Horse from Jersey Shore, who has called in a couple times in the past. Uh, I happen to know he has a birthday coming up on uh, Monday the 13th. Nice. Happy early birthday, horse in Jersey Shore. Another year has passed since you were a young foal. Did I get that right? Is that a baby horse? (laughs) Sounds right to me. Yeah, I think so. Well, you've grown into a uh, a steed, and uh, horse is wondering, do I start Jamar Chase or DJ Shark this week, or do I bench David Montgomery in a bad matchup against the Rams? So I guess he's looking at a flex spot or maybe a couple of flex spots. And uh, I'm going to assume two flex spots, three options between Montgomery, Jamar Chase, and DJ Chark. 
Yeah, so just looking at the receivers first between Chase and Shark, I would go with Jamar Chase just because that connection with Burrow, yeah, I know we've had a lot of negative stuff come out about him lately, that ridiculous, I don't know why he would ever say this, but the NFL ball is hard to catch because it doesn't have the white stripes on it. Like that was one of the strangest quotes I had ever seen. Um, but yeah. You know what? That that immediately moved Chase up my list of favorite players personally, <laughs> but probably farther down in my fantasy rankings. Yeah, I was like, dude, you took a year off where you're not catching an NFL ball for that year you were off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, you know, he is the highly drafted receiver. Bengals, another team that three wide receiver sets, want to throw the ball all over the field. Shark, I just don't know. I know it's a good matchup, but with the uh, Rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence, we really, we not, didn't get to see Shark and Lawrence out there in the preseason to see how that's going to look. Um, so, yeah, I, I would take Chase of the two. And then to speak to Montgomery, yeah, it's not a great matchup, but I would he's a guy that I'm, I'm starting if I have him because I probably drafted him to start him. Uh, the matchup, again, not ideal, but with the Tariq Cohen news and everything, that's what made Montgomery so good last year. So he could still be the pass catching back. He's still going to get the volume. And as good as we think the Rams defense should be on paper, things change from year to year. Like there's a lot we think we know and we might not be as good at predicting. Yeah, I'm right there with you on Montgomery. He's an auto start for me from that group. Um, Chark, I'm kind of out on on the season just because I'm a big LaVisca Chenault fan. And if I have to throw a dart at a at a so to speak, number one wide receiving option over in Jacksonville, Chenault's my guy without having necessarily seen it yet with Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, but, I think they're going to find a way to get him, get the ball to him. And I think it's going to be kind of another situation where LaVisca is going to get his no matter what, and it yep. might go back and forth between Marvin Jones and Shark other weeks. Yep, Chanel will get his catches, he'll get some carries, um, and I think he's going to be kind of the featured weapon over there. Uh, we have another caller coming in. We are going to hop over and take this. Caller, welcome to Fantasy Fan Line. You are live with us on the air with Aaron Larson. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. My name is Dave, and I'm calling from Boston. Hey, Dave. Welcome hey, Dave. to the show. Uh, what can we help you with today? What's on your mind? Uh, so I got two questions. Um, the first question is that, and you guys might have mentioned it earlier, is that I just read that uh, Matthew is coming off um, the COVID list, and I have this choice between ODB, Devonta, Corey Davis. And I'm, I'm, I have ODB in my lineup now, but with you know, the if Matthew's playing this, you know, uh, this weekend, do I have to be worried about that? Um, so I'm not too worried about that. I, if you're talking about considering um, OBJ, I think he's going to be in for a good game this week. Um, in the Kansas City matchup, points should be flying. He's going to be the number one target in that game for Baker. I'm I'm good with mm -hmm. OBJ there. Okay, nice. All right, I'll take it. And then my second question is, um, so. So I won the league last year, and this year I'm kind of like the champion of the league. And I was wondering, should I be a heel or should I be the kind of like the humble champion of of this year? That's a great question. Um, it really. I is. think you got to be the heel, man. That's just that's fantasy football. That's part of the fun. You you don't win the league every year. I Have think so. <laughs> yeah. First of all, congratulations. All right. I'm gonna do that. Awesome. Uh, we're 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 proud of you. That. We're proud of you for taking that title home last year. I agree with Aaron's answer. I think you have to play the heel. It's always more compelling. And honestly, it's a favor to your league mates because it really inspires them to chase you and take take you down. Nobody wants to dethrone a nice guy. Um, you know, you feel a little bad about knocking off a face at the top of the league, but 
got a got, got a good heel champion it really gives them something to aspire to and it makes them uh you know feel better about themselves if they succeed and honestly worse about themselves if they fail and that's really uh at the spirit of fantasy football trash talk is yes, it not absolutely exactly and any decision i make i just say that i was the champion i am the champion. you don't have to worry about it <laughs> yep well that's the beauty of it you could say whatever you want because you you walk the walk man you backed it up so you lose a matchup just say oh look at the look at the name of the top of the list last year yeah now are, are you in a league with an actual physical you know trophy of some sort or a title belt Oh, oh yeah, we ha- yeah we have a trophy. We have a sweater that we pass around that we stitch our name in every year and pass around That's to every awesome. champion every Sunday. Every Sunday afternoon, I take a picture with me and my trophy and the sweater. Just let them know, you know, who they're playing against this year. That is incredible. That's Shout great. out to your league for having such a cool tradition. I love that. I don't think I've ever heard a championship sweater before. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on the show. Hope to have you again in the future. Oh, that is awesome. That is definitely the first heel face question I've ever got. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. All right, let's let's move on here. Um, see if we have anything else coming in. Oh, we have a comment coming in from YouTube from Alex Brack. Wants to know, Russell Gage, Devonta Parker, or Tyrell Williams, full PPR? <laughs> I know the options aren't great, but yeah. Three wide receiver plus flex, 12-team league. What do you think? Uh, Russell Gage there. I think he is going to be uh, basically because of the PPR. The PPR is what pushes Gage over the top there. I think the ball might be flying around a lot in that Eagles uh, Eagles Falcons game, and he's going to get targets. He got targeted last year, and not much has changed. Yep, two great offenses, two bad defenses. Um, I think a lot of people really didn't realize the extent to which Gage was used last year. Even with Julio on the team, he saw a ton of red zone targets. Uh, we had a stat yep. out on this show a week or two ago. I don't have it off the top of my head, but he was top 10 in the league in, in wide receiver red zone target share last year. So. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that change with Julio out of the picture. I know Kyle Pitts is there. He's a rookie tight end. Historically, rookie tight ends take a minute to warm up, uh, if not a, a full season or two. I know he's supposed to be the best of all time, but yeah, I'm so I, I do think that he is that dude. I think he might have a great season. I don't think it takes that much away from Gage. You know, too. I'm not saying Gage is a top 24 receiver. Yeah, but at that point, I mean, he's going to be safe I, I think Pitts has the best rookie tight end season of all time but um the extent to which he would have to set new records for that category would be so ridiculous to take to to be yes. kind of the, the clear yeah. number two target on that team behind Calvin Ridley I don't think it goes that far in his first year I think he lights it up I think he's great and I think there's going to be still plenty of work for Gage especially without much of a yep. run game there so totally agree um good question Alex thanks for writing in uh, let's take another look back at the mailbag, see if there's anything we haven't hit yet. Oh, I like this one. Should I flex Claypool or Chenault this week from Karina in New Jersey? Uh, I think a lot of people kind of grabbed those two guys in the, the middle, early, late rounds, uh, hoping for big things. Yeah, I've year. seen that one come up a lot, actually. And I'm going to go back to the, it sort of depends on what you're going for. If you want the big home run upside, it's Chase Claypool. But if I'm looking for safety or I'm, uh, Feeling pretty good about my matchup with my opponent. I'm going with Chenault. I think he's like we talked talked about earlier. He's going to get his touches. They're going to be built into the game scheme. Yeah, Steelers are at Buffalo. Uh, Jaguars are at Houston. Just to, to get an idea of the matchups. So uh, we have some more comments coming in. Uh, Alex says thanks for the answer, and he's going to jump in with a follow up question here. What about Gage or Jamar Chase? I'm very skeptical of Chase, as mm, you should be. Yeah. Um, between those two, <laughs> uh, I would go with Gage. In the full PPR setting, in the game, uh, 
the game narrative that we think is going to be going on this week. There you go, Alex. Uh, Aaron is at a Larson on uh, Twitter. If he gets these questions wrong, uh, you, can, you know where know where to find him. Send your send your rage tweets uh, his way. Bring it on. How uh, die on YouTube? Twelve team PPR stuck deciding between Swift, Corey Davis, or Tyson Williams filling in the flex spot. Yeah, I am not a, a huge DeAndre Swift fan, but of those choices, he's the guy I would go in full PPR. Um, seems like he's going to be healthy. Going against the 49ers, not ideal, but the Lions have no pass catchers really to speak of. He's going to be part of that passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I do like Swift of that group. I would also kind of put a plus one on Corey Davis. Um, yeah, just, just given the format. Going a little under the radar too, for sure. He is, man. The Jets are, are playing the Panthers this week. I think he's going to be the guy over there. And what that means depends on what you think about Zach Wilson uh, and just yeah. the vibes that I'm getting from him in the offseason. I hate to say this, but I think the Jets have themselves a quarterback over there. It's He's been fun to watch in the preseason for sure. I mean, it's not really a stretch to say he may have been the best-looking rookie quarterback in the preseason. Yeah. And that's quite a class. <laughs> I, I, I think so, too. And I should clarify, I don't I don't hate to say it because I do like the Jets. I have a lot of Jets <laughs> fans, friends living in New Jersey uh, myself. I am. It just feels weird to say it. It feels weird. It feels wrong. Um <laughs> But you know what? We live in a world where the Browns are going to be a great team this year. So I guess all bets are off the table. But um, I think ultimately the answer here, uh, I would wait and see on Tyson Williams. If I have those options of that caliber, Swift and Corey Davis, I would definitely take one of them. Uh, Aaron Lean Swift, I would probably ultimately agree with him. He's going to catch all the passes over there, isn't he? They have they have no, nobody else. It's just him and uh, him and Hawkinson. Yeah, him and Hawkinson. So um, there you go. Back to the mailbag. Uh, oh, this is this was an interesting question that I had never really heard anyone deep dive into before. I don't know how deep you want to get on it, but what factors do you look at when picking a kicker to stream from Scott, California? Yeah, I like this one because I still do play in leagues with kickers. I put zero thought about it into the offseason, and then once the games start, I, this reminds me, I need to pick up a kicker for one week still. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so, so I will be doing this. Um, First of all, look at the projected point total. High-scoring games. If you're scoring a lot of points, the kickers are going to be involved. Um, extra points and field goals, both. And then the tiebreaker for me usually is, um, especially later in the season, is weather. If they're kicking in a mm-hmm. dome, that's definitely a plus. If they're playing uh, in L.A., that's a lot different than playing in Green Bay. So that's usually my, my tiebreaker. Yep, weather and projected point totals from Vegas are are the big things for me, I think. And also just take a look at at recent usage trends. Um, sometimes with kickers, especially uh, trends and opportunity and success rate are are more important than the potency of the offense. If you have a good yeah. kicker on a team that stalls a lot in the red zone, they're gonna they're gonna be hot for a while consistently, more so than some of those guys who convert more often in the red zone. Yeah, and I don't look a lot at the especially if you get the extra bonuses for longer kicks like there are guys that have the 50 55 yard legs and there are guys who don't ever get those chances because they don't have the legs so if you can find those guys nice little another tiebreaker yep uh how thai on youtube who we helped a few minutes ago says thank you so much for the input you are so welcome uh just a reminder to everybody watching us on all platforms across the world uh our phone line is open right now 618 fan line if you'd rather give us a call and chat with us uh Using the old uh, the old phone in your pocket, Aaron and I were joking before the broadcast started that this is a format that that really forces people to remember that their phone can also make phone calls. If you open the uh, the app with the the picture of the phone on it, uh, you can dial us six one eight fan line and we will talk to you and uh, answer your questions. But 
until that happens, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of shoehorn one last segment here into our final 10 minutes. Uh, this is a segment that we call Road Olympics here on the show, uh, kind of a nod to the rotisserie uh, football origins of our great sport. Sport? Not really a sport. <laughs> our game, our hobby. Um, and uh, what, we, what we like to do is kind of come up with a different fantasy football-themed game to play uh, with our guests every week. And sometimes with a caller, if we have one on the line, uh, it doesn't look like we do at the moment. So you're going to kind of take this one solo, Aaron. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play archery this week, and I'm looking down because I'm pulling up some info on my phone. Um, but the the idea of uh, fantasy archery in Road Olympics is I'm gonna throw out a category and uh, ask you to take a guess at the closest answer. And depending on how close you get, if you're playing with somebody else, whoever gets closer to the target uh, wins. This week we are going to be talking about 2020 uh, ADP on some of these guys, and, All right. and really taking a look at how that ADP has changed from last year to this year, what caused it to change and kind of identify potential guys being drafted in that area this season who might make a similar leap uh, for next year. If it's a leap, Some, sometimes it's bad. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, Stefan Diggs. If you can remember all the way back to 2020, which seems like a lifetime ago at this point, uh, where was he being drafted? Yeah, I think this is was... half PPR for the record. Okay. Um, I think he was somewhere in the sixth round. Are you looking for an overall number, or is round good enough? Uh, give me a number. Take your best shot. All right. So if he was in the sixth round, uh, let's. Well, you it. don't have to give me a number, but give me like a spot in the sixth round. Oh, okay. Let's say uh, six point four. The six four. <laughs> Dude, that is you just kind of caught the outside of that bullseye. It is six oh three. That was a great oh, guess, hard. man. Yeah. So uh, he was the wide receiver twenty seven off the board uh, last year. He finished as the wide receiver three. And obviously led the league in reception. So yeah, if you drafted him, you did well last year. Huge jump from him. Uh, this year's wide receiver twenty-seven uh, in ADP is Odell Beckham. I don't think we'll see that that kind of a jump from him. But you know, as far as guys with talent go, uh, I guess it wouldn't be the craziest thing that's ever happened. But kind of the closest to that draft. Top spot. three would be tough. But... Top three would be tough. But six oh three closest to that uh, kind of area this year are Chase Claypool and T Higgins. Don't know that they'll get the top three, but certainly potential for growth in, in both of those guys. I for thought sure. it was an interesting thing to look at. Um, so next we're going to look at Darren Waller, tight end of the Raiders. Where was he going in last year's draft? Uh, he was climbing a little bit, but nowhere near where he's at this year. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say near the 4-5 turn, let's say the 501. That was what I thought before I looked it up. He went 604. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, he was he was getting disrespected last year. I think people hadn't fully bought in on the breakout no. yet, um, and he you know he was drafted as a tight end five. He's going at the back of the second this year as the tight end two. Obviously, um, I don't I don't really know that there's anybody else uh, going in that area who can make a, a similar jump. But if you had to kind of pick one guy from the mid rounds tight end wise who might break into that tier of elite options next year, that kind of one two three tight end yeah. spot. So he's a little bit higher up in ADP, I think. But TJ Hawkinson is that guy for me. I think he's just – the narrative is almost the same. The Not a lot of other pass catchers on the team. We don't really love the quarterback, but a, a tight end that's been growing his third year in the league now. He was drafted highly. Hawkinson, I think, could be that guy. Yeah, that would be my answer too. I, I hear a lot of people kind of put that label on Noah Fant, and I don't think it's there. I don't think that they have the passer to support it. Too and many they have talented, better receiver options. Yeah, yeah, too many talented receivers over there. And, you know, I, I like Fant as an athlete. I haven't really seen the world-breaking talent yet at the position, but, you know, we'll see what we get this year. Maybe that changes. Um, Kenyon Drake, this is kind of a tough one. He was 
He was the guy on the Cardinals last year. Where was he being drafted? I thought he was around the one-two turn. He was high, so I'll say 202. Dude, once again, off by just the hair. 203, that is an incredible okay. guess, man. He was going as the running back 12. He finishes the running back 14. I think he had a better season than a lot of people. It felt worse than that. Remember, yeah. it really did. Um, Chase Edmonds, for for comparison, is the guy, we think, in Arizona this year. He's being drafted at the 602 as the running back 29 right now. So uh, he's somebody that I was kind of pointing out as a value all offseason do I think he is a top 12 guy? Probably not. Um, but I think I think that ADP is just about right for him. Yeah, you like him in the sixth? In the sixth, yeah. I don't like it like because if you're getting him there, you've got a lot of other strong options in front of you. Is is that because you're not relying you have on him? Concerns about usage with James Conner over there. It's a little bit of James Conner maybe uh vulturing some touchdowns, and then it's also like I think Kyler Murray is gonna be responsible one way or another for kind of like Kind of like the Buffalo situation where we don't really like their running backs because Josh Allen does everything. I think that's going to be Kyler Murray this year. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, I, I I like him from the perspective of I don't I don't know if I understand the fear of James Conner taking work from him because I feel like James Conner is worse at this point in his career than Chase Edmonds was last year, and Chase Edmonds was the guy threatening to take work away from Kenyon Drake, and people were all about Drake, so. I, I think that I fall somewhere in the middle, happy medium. I like him as more of a top 20 guy, um, not top 12, but certainly not, you know, 29, 30 where he's been going. So, yeah, I think, yep. That's right. And then mid, mid, mid to upper twenties is perfect. Yeah. Here's, here's a fun one. Uh, Ant- right. Antonio Gibson. Where was he going last year on the Washington football team? He was really late. Cause so I'm in a keeper league and I got to where we get to keep our picks for the previous year plus our one round earlier mm. and i got to keep him i think for my like 10th round picks so i'm gonna say he was going in the 11th round last year uh it was, say 11-01. it was it was close to the 10th he was the 909 and a half year okay. um he was the running back 44 and he was the first running back off the board last year from the washington football team so yeah one well, of they the, had the darius geist disappeared right before the season kicked off i think right yeah the only team with a later running back last year was jacksonville and they had their own injury <laughs> situation going yep. and then Rykel armstead and that whole saga uh but gibson is going at the top of the second this year as the rb12 yeah that's that's a that's a big jump man i i don't know that there's any running backs in that range with the potential to make that kind of a jump but if you had to kind of take a dart throw the the last team with a running back going this year i think is houston with uh, david johnson and that's that's probably not where i would look for a no, no, for a pot, <laughs> no. For a, for a pot of gold. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I actually think Philip Lindsay's gonna have a better season, but I don't think it's gonna be a Antonio Gibson season. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's look at some wide receivers. Uh, Terry McLaurin, where was he going last year? Staying in Washington. Yeah, so I feel like he was a middle-ish round guy. Let's say seven oh eight. Yeah, people were a little higher on him than that. He was a uh, five oh nine wide receiver wow. twenty four, so he okay. was t- being taken as like a lower wide receiver two. Uh, he's going in the middle of the third this year, three oh six as the wide receiver ten. So he jumped up fourteen spots um, in the wide receiver rankings. Guys going around where he went last year, this year, uh, Brandon Ayuk, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. Can we see that kind of a trajectory from those guys? I love all three of those guys. Yeah, me too, man. Um, yeah, I mean, Ayuk and Moore are probably my two favorite breakout candidates this season. I've, I always people talk about DJ Moore breaking out. I'm like, I think he did break out. He just needs to get in the end zone. Yeah, agreed. Um, 
you know, I, I think that this is a perfect testament to why uh, so many people who are kind of paying attention to, to value over replacement picks and things like that were really beating the drum for stacking up on high draft capital running backs this year. There was so much yeah. value this year and last year and those kind of mid-round wide receivers, the four, five, six, even seventh rounds, a lot of great options for potential wide receiver one breakouts and, and steady wide receiver twos. Yes. Yep. So many of these second year guys that are just primed to blow, uh, break out this year. Yeah. I see a question coming in from uh, Twitch. It looks like um, Hertz or Herbert week one from summit three K. That's a great, I great would, question. Yeah, it is good. That's a good quarterback situation to have. Um, I would go Jalen Hurts. He has that every week running back or quarterback one upside because he practically <laughs> is a running one. back. <laughs> right. I mean, and again, again, Atlanta matchup, not a scary matchup. Give me Jalen Hurts there. Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations for having that problem uh, <laughs> to begin with. I think that there's really no wrong answer in this situation. You're going to be good probably either way. Uh, Hertz has a little more volatility, I think a little more risk. Um, I like Herbert's receiving options a lot better. I like him as a passer, but if I'm a little bit tougher matchup for, for Herbert yeah. this week too with Washington. Yeah. If we're talking a one week, you know, decision for fantasy, it's hurts for me as well. Uh, thank you for the question. Speaking of Herbert, uh, let's take a shot. Maybe one of our, our last one or two here in fantasy archery. Where was Keenan Allen going last year? All right. Uh, Got to think way back in the storylines. Yeah. Well, and because Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback for the team. Yep. Uh, Herbert wasn't supposed to come in. That, uh, so I, I'm going to say I'm on the top of the fifth round, like 502. That's exactly maybe. right, man. Oh. <laughs> you just shot the arrow straight down Broadway into the bullseye. Nice. He was 502. How about that, man? That's uh, that's why we keep you around, Aaron. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Wide receiver 21 off the board last year with the quarterback volatility after Phillip Rivers left town. He's going 305 this year as the wide receiver nine. Uh, the wide receiver this year who's being drafted, and I love this parallel in terms of narrative, uh, being drafted around the 502 wide receiver 21 is Julio Jones. Interesting. The talented <laughs> veteran kind of being discredited for narrative. Playing um, with a new quarterback. Playing with a new quarterback over in uh, Tennessee. Do you think we could be looking at him again as a top 10 guy in, in maybe the early third next year? Yeah, top 10 is hard. If he if he finishes in the top 10, then I, he'll be there next year in the top three rounds. But I see him as a top 24 guy. I don't think he hits top 10. Yeah, big name dude. Um, you know, we'll see how the target share shakes out over there. I, I think that there are a lot of people who are starting to look at his age and are concerned just on paper. But I haven't seen anything on the field, on camera, that suggests and that he's slowing down. Yeah, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I know he was one of the – um, league leaders and yards per target, I think it was last year. It was just when he was on the field, he's great. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, we'll we'll do one more of these. We'll leave the we're at three o'clock p.m. Eastern time, which is usually when we wrap things up. But I'll leave the line open another couple minutes if anyone wants to call in with a last minute question. Uh, we are six one eight fan line. Uh, pick it up, chat with us live on the air, talk some fantasy football. Where was Justin Jefferson being drafted last season? Rookie well, year yeah, wide receiver was... for the Vikings. Yep, he was late. I'm going to guess he was uh, 11.02. Even worse than that, it was 12.03. Wow. Uh, he was the wide receiver yep. 54. He was not really getting any kind of hype coming into the year. He's going in the 2.11 spot this year, wide receiver 7. Uh, guys who were being drafted around where he was being drafted last year, Elijah Moore, Brian Edwards. Yeah, well, Elijah Moore is going to get some opportunity this week. 
yeah start off right away i'm uh i do see a call coming and we'll take that in a second but i also just want to throw out there that brandon Ayuk was also going at the back of the 13th he was the guy i was thinking about bringing up but uh he's being drafted he was being drafted last year where terrace marshall jr is going this year and i know you're a big terrace marshall jr. i do like him so, yes <laughs> um you know there's there's a possible avenue there for growth uh we're gonna take this last call and then we're gonna call it a day here caller welcome to fantasy fan line you are on the air with us what's your name where are you calling from hey i'm joe from uh boston going on joe from boston welcome to the show i got a deep deep sleeper question for you guys i i I got a question i got a pending trade offer should i do tony jones or trade for levy on bell what do you think i would go with tony jones there i just i don't think lev's got anything left i I think tony jones is going to have a role for sure yeah i I get the hype um with a potential opportunity on a on a great run offense in baltimore with lev bell he's a big name but i think if you were watching him the past couple years just didn't pass the eyeball test um and i I think that the fact that he was available for them to grab and put on the practice spot to begin with um probably speaks to what the league kind of thinks of him these days as a talent um so I, i agree i think tony jones you know we haven't seen it yet, but he's he's Schrodinger's cat right now. He's got all the potential <laughs> in the world to be great or to be nothing. Um, but I think I will take the chance at him being being good, being serviceable. Definitely. Cool, man. What about uh, what about Kadarius Tony? A deep sleeper, maybe Tony. I think he could be a deep sleeper. Have a good one, guys. I, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Hope to hear from you again in the future. Uh, just in case he listens back later, what do you what do you think of Kadarius? Tony? Yeah, he's a guy that's being left for dead, but I think. We kind of mentioned this earlier that Evan Engram being out, that sort of opens up more targets, more touches. And the report came out that they are going to be scheming him to be part of the offense. They drafted him in the first round. You know, not a safe guy by any means, but he might surprise us. Yep. And he might be, you know, we just talked about some first round wide receiver draft picks from last season who were not getting a ton of hype. People kind of rolled their eyes coming into last year and they lit the world on fire. So. Um, I don't I don't project him to be one of those guys this year, but there is a world where that happens. Um, you know, especially if Galladay can't get healthy, the hamstring issues are tough, they linger. Ingram is is always banged up. Mm-hmm. I think he's been injured since he was a baby. <laughs> um, so, you know, if if you like Tony, if you like the talent, feel good about him, take a shot. Um, he was cheap and he might be one of those guys to pop this year. Uh, Aaron, we are just over an hour. Thank you so much again for doing yeah, this. Yeah, it's been, been a fun. lot of fun. Uh, do you want to take a moment, plug some stuff you got coming up, let let the listeners know again where to find you, what you're up to? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll rattle it off quick. So uh, with the Fantasy Footballers, I write the Target Report article that comes out every week. Um, so then Team Riser Falls, where I put some DFS articles. They come out, uh, one just came out today about uh, games to game stack for DFS. Um, and then I am part of the expert consensus ranking over at Fantasy Pros. And then I have my own podcast called the process fantasy football podcast where i kind of just lay out how i'm viewing each week that comes out every thursday morning there you have it folks go check out aaron larson everywhere he is and he is everywhere uh he's a consummate pro one of the best in the business and uh now new friend of the show we're happy to have you man thanks for doing this great it's been awesome yeah we'll be live every saturday at 2 p.m eastern time for the rest of this season we are back next weekend with uh, chris mashinsky from the practice squad And you can visit fantasyfanline.com, our website, to see a full schedule of our upcoming guests. Follow us everywhere at Fantasy Fanline. Uh, You can subscribe and stream us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, or find us the next day on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, Come get us anywhere you like us. Um, If you like the show, please leave a review. Tell a friend. We have a Patreon if you want to support us for as low as a dollar a month. Thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time 
on Fantasy Fanline. Goodbye. Goodbye.